Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. We waited a long time for this, a football Friday show. Man, we haven't seen Scott Kellen in studio uh, since last season. Matt Humans, JBT, Scott Kellen, Aaron Renning will join us in hour number two along with the great Dave Tooley here on My Guys in the Desert VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. And uh, Scott, we're going to jump into it. You wrote a column for uh, the Pro Football Betting Guide on futures, teams you wanted to follow, teams you wanted to fade. Uh, tell us, map out your plan for us on uh, your futures bets this season in the NFL. Yeah, so uh, first of all, great to see you guys. JVT, haven't seen you a long yeah. time, so Matt, good to see you. Um, you know, it's all around the uh, the Pythagorean theorem, and just, you know, to keep it simple, it's looking at points scored, points, points against, and you can kind of relate that to the record and see if a team overachieved, underachieved. Um, and what I've kind of noticed is when teams overachieve by two or more wins, um, and then also looking at close wins, which kind of correlates to their overachievement or underachievement um, when they've been significantly successful in close wins defined by seven points or less and they've overachieved by two or more games there's a little bit of history there um, that they're probably going to regress a little bit the following season and and we've seen that you know since I've tracked it since 2007. 
So I'm curious. So one of the teams in reading your article and that fits the parameters right is the Cleveland Browns. And, yes. and so I'm high on the Browns, uh, but a good reason for it is part of their schedule too. Like they have one of the easier schedules yep. in the NFL. So I wonder what's the balance there, right? When you have all indications yeah. that they won close games should regress, but there's also a path there because they have one of the easier schedules in the NFL this year. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's tough. And you, know, you look at the 40 and 49ers didn't really fit into this bucket last year, but they're coming off a 13 and three season. I don't think anyone would have predicted they're going to win only six games mm-hmm. last year. Right. And why do they only win? six, a whole bunch of injuries. And that you can't predict that stuff. And um, there's a lot of things that can happen. Um, and, you know, even with the Cowboys last night, now we're seeing suspensions, injuries, all yep. of a sudden here it comes, right? And it just, things happen to teams. But I, I agree with you. They have an easy schedule. They improved their defense potentially, right? Uh, so they look pretty good. So it's hard to necessarily get behind them and say they're going to go under 10 and a half wins and you add an extra game. That means they're going 10 and 7, which now, especially with, 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 with what's happening to Baltimore, yep. you start to question it even more. All right, let's take a look at the NFL futures plays that I made and JVT made. And uh, some of these throughout the summer have better numbers than you can get now. But uh, I did play Patriots over 9, Raiders over 7. Panthers over seven and a half and two unders. Bears under seven and a half. Jaguars under six and a half. Those are regular season win totals. And uh, it's always important to remember in the AFC this year, uh, those teams get nine home games. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit different on a 17-game schedule. And that's why I'd recommend the Raiders over seven, which is the DraftKings number. Not necessarily over seven and a half. Patriots much better play over nine than nine and a half and so forth. But those other numbers are still out there. Panthers over, Bears under, Jags under. Also played the Patriots to make the playoffs at plus 120. The Bears to miss the playoffs at minus 250. JVT, what'd you fire on for future? So for team stuff, uh, Dolphins to miss the playoffs at minus 130. I think they totally fit the criteria of a bounce back that we're talking about. Leading the league in turnovers. Uh, those tend to be volatile, especially fumbles. That's going to come back down to earth and amassed a lot of issues with their defense. So Dolphins to miss the playoffs, minus 130. Patriots to make the playoffs at plus 125. You know, I think they're going to be much improved. Uh, we, we both made that Vikings to win the NFC North bet right back in May and plus 360. It's around plus 275 now, so do like the number. And then some player-specific uh, props. Miles Garrett to win Defensive Player of the Year, plus 700, right? Scott mentioned all the improvements, or at least additions for that defense. Two of them along that defensive line makes his job a little bit easier due for a big season. Damian Harris to be the league's leading rusher behind one of the best run-blocking lines in the NFL. And Michael Carter to win uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year for the New York Jets, both at 100-1 for those. And uh, the Washington football team to win the Super Bowl at 60-1. to all right, Scott Kellen, you uh, you get into complex things like the Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> uh, I don't think the Patriots really applied to anything that happened last year because this is a Correct. totally different team. Uh, in the last 45 seconds or so here, tell us some other teams you like going into 21. Uh, teams that I like going into, uh, well, I, I kind of like Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their offense is going to be better. We'll see if the defense regresses a little bit. Certainly like Washington. Um, who else do I like? Um, I like San Francisco a lot. I think this team, you know, we're going to, you know, they're, they're healthy now, right? Pretty easy schedule as well. I think they're going to look very good uh, for this year as well. Um, those are probably the two um, just looking at right now that I probably like the you most. You got a team or two you really don't like. Ooh, a uh, team I don't like. Um, Sorry to catch you off guard with these tough questions. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> are we in football season? Uh, I don't know if there's anybody that I don't necessarily like. It's more, you know, I, more of the 49ers. And, um, um, All right, think, quick break here yeah. on My Guys in the Desert. We'll be back in a couple minutes to break down the entire week one card.
Rise in the Desert finale, at least with uh, me and JVT. Yeah. This is going to be our last show on My Guys. And uh, Stormy takes over on Monday. You and I are going back to our old show, The Edge, on uh, Afternoons. But it's great to have one more Football Friday show with Scott Kellen. You can follow him on Twitter at Sixth Sense NFL. Uh, professional sports better Aaron Ridding also along in hour number two today with the great Dave Tooley here on uh, My Guys in the Desert. We're going to break down the entire week one card here in the first hour. But a quick recap last night, Cowboys, Bucks, and JVT, what a thriller to kick off yeah. the season. I think you were at a bar drinking a few too many whiskey shots last night. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah. A okay. couple, yeah. Okay. Uh, but when I saw the, it was one of those where I saw the bill and I was like, what? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> well, fortunately, you hit the first half of your team. Teaser. Right, and that might help pay for the bar bill last night. You and I both got in a, a good number on bucks minus one and a half on that teaser. Thank you, Greg Zerline, for missing the extra point, and uh, Mike McCarthy for generally for just not knowing how to coach. <laughs> yeah, I needed every bar to that, right? Yeah. That's it. again, you know, these are all key, man. You can't just tease any number. It's always about getting to those key numbers. And you know, there were people who were throwing those teasers in yesterday as well, still. But getting when you and I got in at seven to seven and a half, got it down to one and a half. We needed every single one of those things to get through yesterday. Thirty-one to. 29. It closed Bucks minus nine and a half. They were minus 460 on the money line. I know Lou Finnecaro had a money line play on the Cowboys. So close. Wow. Almost got there. Bucks kicked the game winning uh, field goal in the final 10 seconds last night. The game flies over the total. Uh, here's a tweet from uh, John Ewing. Since 1993, the biggest NFL Week 1 favorite has now gone 13-25 and 25 against the spread. That's 34%. Uh, ben Fox of Eason tweeted this last night. The biggest bet he had seen on last night's game came in at points bet, $100,000 on the Bucks minus 9. Uh, so that doesn't get there. Scott Kellen, uh, did you have any action? I believe you had the Bucks on a teaser last night. I did, yeah. Minus the 1.5 uh, connected to the Rams, uh, which we can talk about later on. But, yeah, same same situation. Um Got it in, and you know, you look back, uh, teasing at two points has not been nearly as profitable as the one and a half since mm -hmm. 2015 when they made some of those changes. So it's an important number. It was a big numbers game last night. Let's take a look at this uh, fancy graphic. We have Tom Brady and Dak Prescott combined for 74 completions, the most in a game in NFL history. Also, 792 passing yards and seven touchdowns. Four receivers, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Antonio Brown, and Chris Godwin, each topped 100 yards. The teams combined for 54 first downs, but only five by rushing. And the, Bronc uh, and the Buccaneers had 11 penalties for 106 yards. So far from a clean game by the Buccaneers last night, Chris Godwin also coughed up a fumble yep. uh, when he was going in to score late. Uh, but the Buccaneers, Tom Brady, again, find a way to get the job done. The Cowboys left too much time on the clock. Yeah, and I think, you know, we, we, there was, I know a lot of was made of the lack of a rushing attack, but I think for both sides, specifically for Dallas, I think you saw in both the running game yesterday, Scott, and of course with pass protection, they missed Zach Martin. Yep. They weren't getting a lot of push up the front. And Vita Vea, it's one of the things that I brought up. Vita Vea is a really good interior pass <laughs> rusher, and you saw him multiple times oh, yeah. in Dak Prescott's grill. But I, I think the way that this game played out was just a sign of both teams. One, because of an absence. Uh, in the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys. And two, for the Bucks. I just don't know if they're a very good running team, period, with that offensive line. And you just, you know, it devolved into what we saw yesterday, which is going to be a lot of throwing, short yardage. But you also have a lot of good athletes for Dallas getting out in space. And I don't want to overreact too much. 
But you lose Murphy, Murphy Bunting to the elbow injury. Gruesome one there. Devin White has issues in pass coverage as well. I do wonder what this pass coverage is going to look like for Tampa Bay as we move forward here because Dallas had a lot of success for a team who was with a quarterback had no preseason action whatsoever yesterday. Well, and you talk about, we talked about the regression and whatnot. Tampa was the luckiest, most fortunate team last year from an injury standpoint. Mm-hmm. And Whitehead was out in this game, their safety as well, and not even, even play in the game, right? And, you know, who knows what's going to happen going forward. But all of a sudden, Vince, some injuries start going the other way for Tampa. They're not as fortunate. All of a sudden, maybe they don't have quite as much luck as they had last year. It's a big part of it as well. Yeah, and I had uh, somebody text me last night and say, bad sign for the Cowboys. They had all those turnovers. They were plus three, and they still couldn't win the game. You know, one was a a Hail Mary right before the half. I don't really count that. JVT, when you look at a box score, I think it's like a steak. you got to cut the fat off of it to get to the truth. And uh, cut out some of the un- the garbage yards and things like that. If you're really going to dig into the analytics, you got to throw the garbage out and uh, and get to what counts. And the bu- the Buccaneers had three legitimate turnovers last night, uh, but uh, I think the key is the Cowboys just a little bit sloppy in special teams. Mike McCarthy just still doesn't know how to manage games and. Uh, Tom Brady finds a way to win in the end last night, despite 11 penalties and some costly turnovers. All right, we have a lot of ground to cover here in the first hour. We're going to go through the entire week one rotation from the top. We're going to start with 453-454 Steelers and Bills in Buffalo. The number is 6.5. The total is 48. Scott, what do you have? I played under 15 and a half a few weeks ago, Matt, uh, but I still like this at 48 as well. These two played last year. Uh, I think it was about a 41-point game. Um, Pittsburgh averaged only 4.1 yards a play. Buffalo averaged 4.7 yards a play. I think the Steelers' defense is still going to be uh, outstanding, and now that we know T.J. Watt's going to play, that that's huge, obviously. That's enough to at least, I think, contain the Buffalo offense somewhat, uh, and who knows what we're going to get out of the Steelers' offense. Obviously, that thing uh, was pretty poor at the end of last year, and I I think Buffalo's defense is going to be a little bit better this year as well. Um, and, you know, if the average points in this league is 47, 47 and a half is a, you know, a, a decent guess right now. We're sitting at 48 with two teams that I think um, both bring very good defenses. I think this can be another lower scoring game. Uh, and at the 45, I think there's still some value here on the under. Uh, the South Point lower than the rest of the market just by a tick. The South Point at minus six, pretty much every other book in Vegas at six and a half. Uh, JVT, I think you are eyeing the underdog here if you can get a seven, right? Yeah, the Steelers would be the side for me. And, you know, I agree with everything Scott said about the defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, you go back to that matchup last year in the middle of an MVP-type year for Josh Allen. It was his second-worst game in terms of PFF passing grade. Uh, really struggled in that regard. Had two, multiple turnover-worthy plays. Uh, in the first half, we talked about it right in that game where you're talking about three three-and-outs, another five-play drive that ended in a punt and two turnovers. I think they're going to have some trouble here. And Josh Allen, in his short career, has played the Steelers twice and fared very poorly against them both times. So they think there's a matchup there. And, you know, they think the random nature of it is that offense that Scott's talking about. Like, is Ben Roethlisberger going to be the tepid, just like behind the line of scrimmage to nine-yard passer? Or is he going to start to take some more shots downfield? Is this offense going to develop a little bit more? But I think we're a lower-scoring game. I agree with the market move, the thought to play this under. And I think the uh, the Steelers, especially if I'm getting that full touchdown, are going to be pretty alive staying within that number. All right, let's go to Jets-Panthers. The Jets quarterback of the future, Zach Wilson, faces their former quarterback of the future. Uh, now in the past, Sam Darnold of the Panthers. The number is down to Carolina minus four, total of 44 and a half, Scott. 
I made the number uh, about four and a half, so it's about there, and total about 45. Um, you know, I lean a little bit to the over here, and obviously if this thing keeps coming down a little bit, that would that would be great. Uh, and I know it's been bet up, um, but I look at Carolina. They're my 30th-ranked secondary. The Jets, 31st-ranked secondary, so there's plenty of opportunities there. Both teams have, have receivers as well. Uh, and last thing I'll say on this one, um, you know, you're not going to play this blindly, but I think there's something to take from this. Since 1997, Road Dogs in the first four weeks of less than seven points that won less than seven games last year are 139 and 73, including 42 and 14 in week one. And those first four weeks, I think they're 17 and three the last two years. Um, there's only been a few losing years in that since 97. It just basically says, I think, a team, look, they did pretty poorly last year. They're probably undervalued going into the following season, getting a few extra points. And um, lo and behold, they're, they're, able, they're able to come within that number. So I lean a little bit Jets and a little bit over. What do you think, JTV? You yeah. going to be on the Jets? I know for the contest, the super contest, I will be. You know yeah. that that number sitting at five, and we're sitting at four and three and a half everywhere else. But I, I agree, and like I think Scott, one of the things to me is I, I like I think this Jets team has a high variance of outcomes. Right, depends on what Zach Wilson is going to do. But I think they're an undervalued team defensively, even with the loss of Carl Lawson. This is a team that finished eighth in rush defense efficiency a year ago. This Panthers offensive line is not very good, and if you're just going to get some baseline of play um, from Zach Wilson in an offense that is, by the way, run by a Lafleur who actually might. Be a system out there that's pretty quarterback friendly uh, I think that this Jets team is going to be pretty live especially when you're talking about the contest number of five but you know when you were sitting at four and a half things like that I agree with this market move I'm not surprised it's moving in that direction all right last year in week one the ugly underdog came through the Jaguars upset the Colts <laughs> this year the ugly underdog in week one the Texans against the Jaguars JBT and I both on the Texans here plus three, and you can get three and a half in one of the contests out there, the Circa or the Westgate contest. Uh, Scott, do the Jaguars deserve to be three-point road favorites here with Urban Meyer coaching his first NFL game and Trevor Lawrence at quarterback? Well, that's a good question. So I went back last year, I think probably mid-year they played. Houston was minus five at home against Jacksonville. They went 30-14, to 14, whatever that's worth. Um, but I make Tyrod Taylor probably a five-and-a-half to six-point downgrade from Deshaun Watson, and I would make Trevor Lawrence, a two to two and a half point upgrade over whoever played quarterback for the uh, Jaguars last year. That's about eight points. They were they were underdogs by five last year. You you know you add eight points and all of a sudden it's about a minus three. Seems to be about right. But we don't know what Urban Meyer is going to be doing. There's been plenty of college coaches that have not succeeded in the NFL. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence as a whole is going to be pretty good, but it's just tough to lay three points on the road with a team that still has not done a whole lot to their defense as well. So it's a pass for me, kind of mm -hmm. wait and see what we got. But I think the number comes in right when you kind of look at it that way, at least for me. Yeah, I'm not going to say the number's all wrong. It's ridiculous right, right. or anything like that because the Texans are the number 32 power rated team. <laughs> JVT, you and I both kind of like Tyrod Taylor. I think the key here is going to be the, the Texans defensive front and, and can they take advantage of that soft Jaguars offensive line? Yeah, and I think, you know, like Whitney Merciless is a little dinged up, it sounds like, so we'll see if he's going to be available for them, right? They just traded uh, off a corner. Who wasn't going to be available anyway in this first game? So, but, but I think to me, I'm going to flip it on its head. You know, Scott mentioned one of the keys for me. They didn't really do anything defensively the Jacksonville Jaguars in the offseason. This is one of the poorest pass rushes in the NFL last year. And very quietly, the Texans had a top 10 on offensive line in terms of pass protection. So if they're going to be able to run the ball with relative success, and Tyrod Taylor, anytime he drops back, is going to have time to throw or be able to extend plays with his mobility. I just think they're going to be able to stay in this number. So I, I just, I'm playing against an overreaction potentially mm -hmm. to the perception of the Texans. I think they're going to be bad, but I just don't know if they're going to be this bad where they're a three-point underdog at home. 
to Jacksonville. Yeah, again, I, I put the Jaguars under the season win total of six and a half, and it looks like an obvious play, Scott. But you're talking about a team. Are they going to make the leap to seven wins just because it's Urban Meyer and uh, Trevor Lawrence? Hey, Jimmy Johnson went one and fifteen in his first year as an NFL coach. All right, <laughs> Cardinals and Titans in Tennessee, and uh, this is one game I really can't figure out. Scott, can you make sense of it for us with uh, Titans three-point home favorites, total of fifty-three? Now I, I lean a little bit Arizona, lean a little bit over. Um, when I look at this, I think the difference between the two defenses is greater, which is in favor of Arizona, versus the differences in the two offenses um, between Tennessee and Arizona. And that little bit, um, and, then, and then you throw in getting you know three points, I think uh, gets me leaning towards Arizona. And we'll see what Arizona comes with. They're going to get Chandler Jones back. They obviously pick up J.J. Watt. You got Marcus Golden. Can they develop some kind of pass rush? I worry about both teams' secondaries, which, again, kind of puts you a little bit maybe towards the over. My numbers say 53-and-a-half, and, uh, and again, 2-and-a-half for Tennessee. So a little bit of uh, value to me for Arizona, a little bit on the over. Um, you know, uh, Julio Jones is going to help them, obviously, but they lost Corey Davis. They lost Johnny Smith. Sure. Um, there might be some regression here with Arthur Smith leaving, so I'm not quite sure what we're going to get completely out of Tennessee from an offensive standpoint as well. Yeah, I, I I would agree with the lean toward the over. I just I didn't have anything strong on the side, but I'll say this: you know, the one thing I want to watch here, Scott, is uh, is Tennessee going to be better defensively? Because if you look at what they did last year, in the last two years actually, they've had no pass rush in any way whatsoever. And yes, you go get Bud Dupree, you go get Denico Autry, but those are not dynamic pass rushers by any stretch. And Bud Dupree, as humans and I have talked about, you know, a couple of years ago, he was the beneficiary of playing next to T.J. Watt in that front seven for the Steelers. Got a lot of cleanup sacks, but it's not a good pass rusher. And if that's going to be the case again, it's similar to what we talked about, but even worse for you, the Cardinals offensive lines improved and it's actually pretty solid. Yes. And if you look at some of the comments coming out, they've compared it to one of their offensive lines that they got them to the Super Bowl, right? With Kurt Warner. That was a really good offensive line. And if this is going to be Kyle, Kyler Murray able to drop back, extend plays himself, use his mobility, then you're probably talking about a higher scoring game because I just don't know what I'm getting out of the Cardinals defense either. Those are all good points. I lean to the Cardinals plus three here. I think the Cardinals got a lot of weapons on offense. You talked about that line is improved and uh, I've always questioned the Titans defense. All right, negative news for the Washington football team today. Not totally unexpected, but Curtis Samuel, the wide receiver picked up from Carolina, is not going to play in this game. JVT and I have plays on Washington plus one. Right now, uh, pretty much every book, including the South Points, Washington minus one, total of 45. Uh, Scott, why did the Chargers open as a slight home favorites? Why the flip of the favorite here, and do you like a side? Uh, well, first of all, it's a good question because I and I'm on Washington – and a teaser when they were plus one and a half, I, I tied it to the 49ers to get over seven and a half. And if this line switches back for some reason and goes to where you can get seven and a half with Washington uh, as a home dog, I would do that. Um, you know, you look at the season win numbers here, the Chargers are nine and a half, uh, Washington's 8.75. And you can deduct a, an opening game number based on that. It didn't quite make sense, especially when you add in whatever home field advantage you want to give to Washington, which I know is not a lot. I'm not quite sure why the Chargers were favored in this. Um, Curtis Samuel hurts. It looks like Austin Eckler is going to play. That would that would be a, a little bit of a, a, a hurt for uh, the Chargers. But special teams here, we'll see what the Chargers do with special teams. But I think Washington's got advantage there. I think they've got a better defense. Uh, we'll see if that defense regresses a little bit. Um, but... I think, especially in a teaser with that defense, mm -hmm. I think this game's going to be close. And they should vastly improve, I would hope, on offense with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Although there's a lot of variance with Fitzpatrick, we don't know what we're getting from him from game to game. And that's why the teaser for me is a little bit more comforting yeah. than you know asking him to win the game outright. Uh, 
definitely makes sense. Let's hope it's Fitz Magic right. this week. Right. Oh, right. It's the uh, well, we want the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Remember those first three games where he was supposed to be an MVP and he threw like a million touchdowns. I'll take that. I want to see him in the post game wearing someone's uh, other clothes like Sean yeah, Jackson yeah, right. did. <laughs> That's uh, Scott Kellen, Jonathan Von Tobel. Take a quick break here on My Guys in the Desert. We come back, we'll tee up the Eagles, Falcons, and Seahawks Colts games and break those down next as we uh, continue the rundown of the entire NFL Week 1 rotation. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hang on, back in a couple minutes, right here from the South Point Sportsbook. This is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. 
ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my day, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the free oddstrader.com app to compare betting odds from licensed sportsbooks, access injury reports, in-game action, and much more. Go to oddstrader.com. All right, we continue the NFL Week 1 rundown with Scott Kellen and JBT here on My Guys in the Desert. Uh, let's go next to the game of the week. Not exactly. If there's one game I don't care to watch, it's uh-huh. this one. Eagles and Falcons okay. in Atlanta with uh, the Falcons. Three or three and a half point favorites, total of 48 and a half. I know a very sharp better who likes us under the total of 48 and a half. Scott, would you agree or no? Yeah, I made, I'm not betting the total. Um, you know, my early season numbers, they're always a little bit questionable because they're obviously we haven't played any games yet, but I made the number actually 43 on this. So um, at least from that, there is some value. Uh, and I favored Atlanta by just under two points. So I think there's a little bit of value, especially at the three and a half. You know, Philly's offensive line, I, I've got him seventh best offensive line versus 26 for Atlanta. Defensive line, ninth versus 22nd. Secondary is a little bit better than Atlanta, I think. Um, the real question here is Jalen Hurts. What are we going to get out of Jalen Hurts? Uh, that is an unknown to me. And, you know, you could argue, if you want to argue for Atlanta's sake, um, you know, this is probably the best offensive coordinator slash coach that Matt Ryan's had to work with since Shanahan left. And it all kind of went downhill for Atlanta after Mm -hmm. Shanahan left. And Arthur Smith is probably going to run an offense that's going to be very good for Matt Ryan. So, you know, we could see an uptick there. But I think the plus three and a half for me, there's there's a little bit of value with Philly in this game. And you just got to hope Jalen Hurts does something because I'm not sure how good he is. This is one of those games I had like no, absolutely nothing on. Like I want to watch both teams and see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I will say, you know, one of the angles for me last year that was was profitable was playing Falcons games under the total, especially as you went along. There was a perception that they were like just an absolutely abhorrent defense. Actually, wasn't the case. They were eighth best rush defense last year. Actually, sixth best rush defense by efficiency. They got some pretty good pieces along the interior uh, in terms of playing the run and playing strong up front. So it's the secondary that can be a problem. And Jalen Hurts, I don't think he's going to be a really great passer. So yeah. I think that. This might be another low-scoring game between these two clubs. I would agree with that angle, but didn't really have anything strong enough. I am interested to see how Jalen Hurts plays in this game. Yeah. By the way, you watched Dan Quinn last night. He's a defensive coordinator for the Cowboys now. And he gets duped into putting Demarcus Lawrence in coverage on Rob Gronkowski. And it ends up being a touchdown pass. And you're like, yeah, okay. The Falcons are definitely upgraded at, at a head coach. <laughs> yes. uh, there's no question. All right, JBT, you wore your blue in here. Your Colts blue today. Yes. Uh, Scott, we're going to start with you. Seahawks now 
Full three-point favorites in most spots over the Colts. Total of 49-and-a-half. And it's been a chaotic, uh, let's say, past six weeks for the Colts. And it looks like Carson Wentz will be a quarterback, though, Sunday. Yeah, so very interested to hear JT, uh, JVT's take on this. And, and Colts are probably the most difficult team for me to handicap. I get them wrong, whether yeah. I'm on them, whether I'm against them. Um, but uh, there's a little bit of value in my numbers here for Seattle. But I kind of looked at this. Indy's got a better offensive line, uh, probably a better defensive line. Secondary's maybe about equal, although Xavier Rhodes looks like he's out now, which does not help Indy in this game. But then when I look at quarterback and just the skill position players, um, I just see, especially with T.Y. Hilton out, I just see uh, a huge favor for Seattle from that standpoint. Eric Fisher out at left tackle uh, as well. Um, And, you know, Wentz is going to start. We'll see what we get from him and Quentin Nelson coming back from the injury. Uh, And and with Rhodes out, a little bit of value for Seattle. I don't know if I want to lay that, um, but I think there's a little bit of value with Seattle in this game, uh, especially at the skill position players to offset the difference on the lines. Yeah, I'd agree. Like, I think there's a lot, I was telling you yesterday, there's a lot about volatility with Indianapolis, so it doesn't make you confident one way or the other. But I would say this, if I were to play it, it would probably be taking Indianapolis plus three. I'm not very big on the Seahawks defensively. I I think when you looked at them in terms of pass rush, it is non-existent. I think if you look at their secondary, last year was one of the bottom five teams in terms of coverage by any stretch. If you want to look at statistically, PFF grading, whatever it is. And when your leading pass rush guy in terms of grading or pressures is a safety, you've got some real problems, and they haven't done that. And this is a really good offensive line. Last year, Phillip Rivers had by far a career low in terms of pressure rate because he was the best offensive line he played behind. And while Fisher's missing at left tackle, the rest of this offensive line is pretty much set. So I think that Indy is probably going to be relatively live here catching three, but the big question mark is what do you get from Carson Wentz who got a total of six weeks of practice in the offseason with this team? Well, it's a good question. You know, I think Rivers did well because of Frank Reich, and that's that's obviously when Carson Wentz thrived as well. So I guess that's my question for you. What do you expect out of Wentz? I, I think he's going to be in a system that is relatively safe, and he's not going to he's going to get a good offensive line. So it's good pass protection. What he does with that is going to be something to be seen. But he's going to get play calls that's going to be tight end heavy. Get him in situations where he doesn't have to do a lot, and he's going to be set up for success. So I would expect. I think we're just going to get like a baseline of play from Wentz because you're just not going to be put in positions to make those mistakes. Yep. Frank Reich is going to call a game that he knows Carson Wentz right. can handle on Sunday. And the big picture, I like the Colts a lot. There's too many questions around Carson Wentz in week one uh, for me to get on that side. Colts now three-point home dogs. We are halfway through uh, the rotation for week one. Don't worry, Big Mo. Scott Kellen, your biggest fan, Big Mo, uh, is happy to say the least that you're back in studio. We have another half hour of Scott Kellen, so stay tuned to my guys in the desert. The NFL season has kicked off, and there's still plenty of time to make money with the VSIN NFL betting guide. It's only $19.99, still available. Profiles of every team, advanced stats, power ratings, best bets on season win totals, and more. Sign up for VSIN. All access, get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now, vsin.com slash subscribe. Still plenty of value in that pro football betting guide. All right, Scott Kellen, follow him on Twitter at NFL. JVT on Twitter at me, JVT. Follow the show at VSIN Live. Matt Humans here with Scott Kellen and JVT. Continuing the rundown of NFL Week 1. 
And uh, the next stop is Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Vikings and Bengals. And uh, Scott, Joe Burrow makes his return here as a three-point home dog. And total of 47.5 or 48. I've got a little value on uh, Cincinnati in this game, Matt, and and towards the under. Um, This is a game, you know, maybe 15 years ago. This would have been just, if you just look at these defense and offensive lines, since he allows 5.1 yards a rush last year, 148 yards rushing. Minnesota runs at 4.9 yards a rush, 143 yards rushing. The game has changed, obviously, about 15 years ago. This would have been an easy play on Minnesota. Uh, but now, obviously, the game has opened up from passing, and Burrow uh, and, and company you know, will, will throw the ball as well. I think both offensive lines are really bad. Um, and what will keep me off Cincinnati, though, is I think the Minnesota defense is going to vastly improve this year. They're getting a whole bunch of people back. They've added some pieces to the secondary. I was just shocked last year, Zimmer being a defensive coordinator, to really let his secondary go. And then, of course, they endured all the injuries uh, in the front seven. But that's all coming back. This defense could be much, much better this year. Um, value to Cincinnati but um, and, and to the under, but I, I can't play Cincinnati in this spot. Uh, so it's no play for me. Yeah, and Michael Pierce, Anthony. Anthony Barr, Daniel Hunter back. They signed Delvin Tomlinson, Patrick Peterson, Brashad Breland, Xavier Woods. Like, there's going to be a lot back uh, for this team uh, defensively for the Vikings. So I would completely agree with that. I am curious to see, you know, you mentioned the Bengals struggles last year against the run, Scott, and that's where I'm kind of at with this. You know, I didn't play it, but I could foresee a scenario where the Vikings are just just cutting through that yeah. front seven. They didn't address anything in terms of that brush defense. You know, we talked about it the other day, humans, Larry Ogunjobi, Trey Hendrickson, were their additions along the offensive line. Those are pass rushers that are not interior run stuffing guys. And outside of that, there's nothing. Then we talk about Trey Wayne's not being available. So you're starting corners. Eli Apple, uh, Chidoba Wuzier, Mike Hilton. Like those are not really good coverage corners. Right? William Jackson gone. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, and that's a good point too. So I, like I could foresee a scenario in which the Vikings just come in, absolutely obliterate them up front, and their defense is better, and they can win and cover this kind of a number. But what Joe, Joe Burrow is going to do offensively has me gives me some trepidation because I like their skill positions mm-hmm. and I like Joe Burrow, and it's just what what they're going to do that keeps me off of this. Scott, uh, you're a Minnesota guy. Yep. Right? You live in Minneapolis, what we're used to, about half the year. Yep. Now you live in Vegas full time. Yep. Uh, so in the offseason, when it looked like there was maybe a 50 50 shot that Aaron Rodgers would be back with the Packers, I bet the Vikings to win the NFC North in May, right here at the South Point at 7 to 2 odds, plus 350. JVT made a similar bet. How much of a shot would you give the Vikings right now with Aaron Rodgers back? Obviously, it's not as good a bet, but uh, do you still do you still give the Vikings a, at least a puncher's chance to win that division? Because you certainly yeah. are not going to pick the Lions or the Bears to win it. Yeah, no, I do. I mean, if, if this defense gets back to where they have been in some years with Zimmer, that's huge. And we'll get to the Packers here in a little bit, but I think their Packers offensive line is a big question mark, um, especially the first part of the year without Bakhtiari. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll get into that. Um, and, and and then who knows where Aaron Rodgers is in all this thing. You know, I grew up in Wisconsin originally. I'm a Packer fan, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he can go somewhere else as far as I'm concerned, right? If he wants to win a Super Bowl before he does that, that'd be great. But, um, you know, I, you just don't know what you're getting from Rodgers. A little bit of an arrogant guy. Obviously a fantastic player and makes that team go. But I think there's a chance, especially if this defense is really good. All right, let's move on to the uh, 49ers and the Lions. And uh, I think it's a safe bet the Lions are not going to win that division. <laughs> Niners, seven and a half, eight point favorites. You're starting to see bigger numbers pop up. Eight and a half out there now. Total of uh, 45, 45 and a half. Scott, the um, Niners with Jimmy G at quarterback 
Are they a safe play on a teaser if you want to knock it down to minus two? I hate to use the word safe in the NFL because nothing's really safe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's. Uh, I think they're in a good position to, to win that for you. I do have them with Washington, um, but you know, you could tease them with the Rams. Uh, we can get into that later, but I, I think so. Yes, um, get them to two or under. Taylor Decker's now out for Detroit. I mean, Detroit's a mess, mm-hmm. and. San Francisco's the kind of team, and they run the kind of offense where even last year, before they started to really get decimated on, in injuries, they went to the Jets uh, and won that game 31 to 13, laying six points in the road. Following week, lay three at the Giants, they win 36 to nine. And the only other team, just looking back in 2019, that was really bad that they played on the road was Cincinnati. They won that game 41 to 17. They're the type of team that will steamroll this kind of. Uh, team in the Lions, and if, if the Lions were exactly this team but had Stafford, at least you could say I think Stafford's got a chance to backdoor something. Uh, obviously, Goff could backdoor something too, but I don't think he's going to have as great a chance to backdoor mm-hmm. a game as Stafford can. So, yeah, and, and on a teaser, I think the 49ers, as long as you can get them under three, lane 120, maybe 125 or less, I think they're a very good teaser option. 49ers are going to be popular in survivor pools yeah. this week as well. Yeah, well, and I agree. Like the Lions, uh, they could, we could finish the end of the year. Lions could have the worst defense in the National Football League. They're going to be really bad in that area. Uh, they have no pass rush. They have no interior presence to stop the run. And, and I think my worry with San Francisco is if you look at some of the projections and some of the numbers behind these offensive linemen, Scott, uh, they're not good pass protectors, but this just isn't the front seven that's going to test that, right? So at the end of the day, I have some trepidation, power rating San Francisco as high when you look at the losses on the back end defensively. Robert Sala is not calling the shots anymore, but I think in this kind of a scenario where you're just teasing this out against a really bad team, I would agree with that, but I'm going to watch San Francisco closely. They have a really easy schedule, but I just don't know if I'm really there to power rate them this high like the market is. All right, one of the best games on the schedule and one of the four games in the afternoon kickoff slot this week, Browns and Chiefs and KC. Number is five and a half, total of 54 and a half, Scott. Uh, a little bit of value here for me on Cleveland and a little bit of value to the over. Um, you know, it's it's just a sit back and watch for me. I, I would say, though, keep an eye. I don't know if Tyron uh, Matthew has been um, – you know, if he's going to play or not, he's got COVID, supposedly vaccinated, so he just needs a couple of negative tests. Obviously, much easier to, to play that way, but I don't know where he sits. That's, you know, maybe a point difference for me if he doesn't play. Um, but for me, it's just um, I'm going to watch it and just see it. A little bit of value to Cleveland in the over, but nothing for me. This is this is one of the legs of my teaser. So I have the, the Buccaneers. The second leg is the Kansas City tease down to a pick when it was six. Um, Look, I think when you look at the Browns, they should do everything well in terms of running the ball and exploit Kansas City defensively. My thing is, though, you rebuilt that defense for a reason. Then your first test out is Kansas City. I think Patrick Mahomes ultimately makes a difference. I think they win this game. That's why the second leg of my teaser, but didn't lay it inside of total. Chief safety Tyron Matthew uh, trying to return from COVID. Uh, the Chiefs have to make a determination on him by uh, tomorrow afternoon whether or not he's going to play. Andy Reid had a quote that really shed a lot of light on the situation. He said, quote, if he can't go, he can't go. If he can, he can. <laughs> wow. Okay. Run to the window with that that info. Does that clear it up? Uh, Quick break. Back uh, with five more games NFL Week 1 next. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my Hey, jump on this. Download the free OddsTrader.com app to compare betting odds from licensed sportsbooks, access injury reports, in-game action, and much more. Go to OddsTrader.com. Scott Kellen, JVT, Matt Eumanns here, NFL Week 1 Rundown on My Guys in the Desert. We are at Dolphins Patriots. 
And JVT, you and I got a good number on this game. Patriots minus two and a half. It is now three minus 120 at several spots. Uh, South Point obviously does not go to minus 120. Uh, total is uh, 43. Scott, uh, Tua against Mac Jones, two former Alabama quarterbacks going head-to-head. If it were just a quarterback duel, I would like Mac Jones in that one. Uh, but I like the Patriots as a team a, a heck of a lot better than I do the Dolphins as well. Uh, week one, you never know for sure. But I talked about this in the big picture. I love the Patriots this season. I bet them to, miss, to make the playoffs at plus 120. I bet them over nine wins. I bet them to win the Super Bowl at 35-1. to 1. Now, the Super Bowl right now looks like a big reach. But who knows how good this team can be by November or December. Yep, I agree. And, uh, I, you know, I'm so glad they got rid of Cam Newton because I think handicapping the team is just mm-hmm. so much easier with Mac Jones. I've got some – I laid three. I did not get the two and a half. I wish I would have. Um, but I've got value on New England even at the three. You know, the Miami offensive line I think is – is actually I rate them as the worst offensive line for me. Um, and that front seven for New England I think can create some problems. And yeah. we'll see how good Tua is. Uh, and I'm not sure how good the Miami defensive line is. The strength of this team is their secondary. But New England's going to look to run the ball and if they're throwing to the tight ends it, it almost takes the secondary and you know the strength back there out of the game uh, so you're at home laying a very very short number with a great coach I mean you know Flores is a good coach for Miami as well but uh, I just think um, the matchup favors Miami very well or New England very well and I'm on the Pats yep that, you know that's exactly echo everything I think when you talk about that offensive line it's going to be a weak link for them we know that offensive lines tend to not travel very well either so that's going to be something to watch but you have Josh Uche Chase Winovich you have Matthew Judon who they add Kyle Van Noy, who they took from Miami to yeah. add to this front seven. Uh, Dante Hightower comes back. So this is just going to be a little bit better team up front. And I think one of the things that was covered up by the Dolphins secondary last year, right, because they led the league in turnovers, they had 29 turnovers. Uh, and, but if you look across the board in terms of pass rush, one of the one of the worst teams in the National Football League, if you look at the fact that uh, this front seven had a really tough time guarding run games, the sixth best run blocking offensive line for the Patriots, I just don't think Mac Jones is going to have to do that much in a matchup like this. But I so. think he can do that much if if he needs to at some point this season. But you're right, it's probably not going to have to do that much in this game. They're going to run the ball right out to Dolphins. I think this uh, Patriots team set up to be really good. Love the offensive and defensive lines. What's up? And you're right, there's going to be a regression on the defense. And Miami won here, or uh, sorry, New England won here 21-11 week one last year with Cam. This is a better team, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I know Miami's better too, but no Fuller. So, yeah, I like New England. All right, Teddy B, he's got some really strong – uh, road records against the spread and straight up as a starting quarterback in the NFL, and he's a favorite here. Broncos minus three at the Giants, total of 42. No play for me. Uh, I made Denver about a two-point favorite, so we got a little bit of value to the Giants, but um, Giants offensive line's not good. Um, and uh, this Denver defense, I think, could be incredibly very good. we got to still see what we get out of uh, the skill position players for Denver. There's a lot of potential there, obviously. Giants defense is pretty good, you know, especially in the secondary. Um, but for me, nothing here. A little bit of value to the Giants, but I think the matchup kind of favors Denver, but not interested in laying three points on the road with Denver. Yeah, I follow along those lines. I think when you look at the Giants, you know, if, if the matchup I'm, I'm intrigued to watch is the Giants front seven against the offensive line of Denver. Because I think if you're, you know, you're nitpicking the weakness for this Broncos team, I think is along the offensive line outside of quarterback. Not a very dynamic run blocking unit, and that's what they want to do. They want to start their offense with running the ball. And you have a pretty good uh, linebacking core in just front seven. Mm-hmm. Dexter Lawrence, Blake Martinez, they're going to be able to, I think, control the line of scrimmage defensively for New York. But 
What does Daniel Jones in this offense look like? Saquon Barkley coming back from injury. It's just too many unknowns offensively for Newark for me to play anything. Teddy Bridgewater, 22-5 and five against the spread as a dog. But he's a road favorite here. Yeah. So a little bit different situation for uh, Teddy B. All right, let's go to uh, Packers and Saints in this game in Jacksonville, obviously. Packers, three-and-a-half-point favorites most spots. You will see a couple fours out there, a total of uh, 50. Scott, how does the uh, the game being played in Jacksonville change the way you look at Packers-Saints? Well, take away the home field advantage for New Orleans. Um, I've got value on Green Bay in this game and some value to the under here. Um, you know, New Orleans, I, I'm just real curious to see what New England or New Orleans is going to have here. They lost a lot on the defensive front. Uh, the fact that they keep going out and that you know they just brought on Roby from Houston for the secondary. He's not going to play this week. They brought Brian Poole in. They keep going after guys. That just tells me that they don't think their secondary is that good, right? Mm-hmm. And that's fine. No Michael Thomas. I'm just reading here now. Traquan Smith is going in IR for him. Ooh. I mean, the dominoes wow. keep falling yeah. for this. Don't team. forget about that one. of The best kickers in the league, Will Lutz. Yeah, yep. yeah, he, yep, exactly, and. You know, I think Winston's going to be okay for them, but the the pack. First of all, the Packers won here thirty-seven thirty last year. Take out three big plays, and both teams averaged a little over five point one yards a play. So the score might have been a little bit misleading towards what happened uh, on the field. Um, but also, if if New Orleans doesn't win the turnover battle. I don't know how they win the game, and it's just hard to believe, short of fumbles, which are random, that Winston is going to beat Rodgers in the interception game. I mean, it just it could happen, right? But all of a sudden, if he's throwing a couple more picks than, than Rodgers, then I think it makes it that much more difficult as well. So for me, value on the under, value on Green Bay. I may play Green Bay, especially if this comes down to three. Yeah, I think for me, when, I, when I'm going to watch here is, and the Saints were kind of on my long list, potentially catching four, uh, but nothing yet for me. But I'll say this, you know, one of the weaknesses for the Green Bay Packers over the last few years has been a front seven that hasn't been very good against a run. And the, the Saints offensively, they have one of the better run blocking offensive lines in the NFL. They have a good running back in Alvin Kamara, you know, t- potentially taking a little bit more of a load off of Jameis and what he's going to be able to do. Darius Smith, is, is, I think he's going to be unavailable, correct, right for the Green Bay Packers. So that's a pass rusher uh, that couldn't be out there too against an offensive line that's pretty solid. And so that's what I'm going to look for because if you go back to the times that the Packers have been pacing, they haven't been pacing a bunch, right? Only six losses over the last two years. It's been running games like San Francisco who have really yep. given them problems. And you could foresee a scenario in which Alvin Kamara has a pretty big game and they're able to keep kind of Aaron Rodgers in that offense at bay. So I, I think in the heat and humidity, wearing down that front seven would probably be the way to go for New Orleans if they're going to get this one. All right, Bears-Rams Sunday night. And uh, I've got the Rams on a teaser, minus one and a half. And uh, Survivor Pools, I would play the Rams this week. The Bears uh, have a weak offensive line. they got problems on their defensive front right now, too. It looks like Khalil Mack is questionable to play. Robert Quinn might not play. Is that right, Scott? Have you seen uh, that? I have not seen that I know one? Eddie Goldman's out, but I have not seen anything on, on the, the other two. I saw that report uh, this morning. Anyway, the uh, Bears are going to start the red rifle. Andy Dalton, first game of quarterback for Matthew Stafford of the Rams. who didn't He didn't play in the preseason, but the Rams, 7.5, 46.5. What do you see Sunday night? I think the Rams are ripe for a uh, teaser play here. I would tease them uh, with the 49ers or any other team that, uh, well, let's just talk those two. Um, Rams won here 24-10 last year. I think the Bears' only touchdown was a fumble return for a touchdown. So they scored three points. They won. They beat the uh, Bears here 17-7 two years ago. Uh, and the other thing I look at, and obviously these could be di- completely different teams this year, but Bears last year on the road lose by 14 at the Rams, by 7 at Tennessee, by 16 at Green Bay, by 12 at New Orleans, uh, at New Orleans in the playoffs. So on the 
the road against good competition. They have not stepped up. And I do think the Rams' uh, defense may regress a little bit here, losing a couple people in the secondary. But equally, the offense could pick it up with Stafford. So I think the um, the Rams in a teaser here are, are a very good play. And losing their defensive coordinator too, right? I mean, yep, that that yep. makes a difference as it's well. It's true. Yep. Um, so I, you know, I can understand that everybody is here on the Rams in terms of a teaser play. It makes all the sense in the world. To answer your question too, by the way, Khalil Mack is questionable. Was a limited participant practice, so that sounds like that's positive. But Quinn is doubtful and didn't participate this last practice. So I, I agree with that. Like I think when I look at this. For me, this is similar to kind of San Francisco is where I, I want to watch the Rams because like, I think they're going to be a good team, Scott, but I just don't know if, again, I'm with the group of like power rating him as high as possible, right? Because if you look at what has gone wrong with Sean McVay, it seems to be an issue of your scheme being somewhat limited as opposed to Jared Goff. Yes, he was a poor quarterback, but it's your offense that's kind of running to the wall as opposed to what the quarterback was. So I want to know if that scheme's actually going to have some wrinkles and look a little different with Matthew Stafford, but mm-hmm. I, I think it totally makes sense to put them on a teaser because I, I don't know if this Bears offensive line is going to be able to stand up to Robert, uh, or excuse me, yeah, to um, uh, Aaron Donald in that front seven. I think the Rams defensive front's going to wreak havoc yeah. on the on the Bears offense in this game. All right, let's talk Monday Night Football in Las Vegas Ravens and Raiders, and it's a uh, obviously an injury plagued Ravens team. There's still spots out there where you can grab four on the Raiders if you like that. I did play the dog here on Monday night, Scott. Uh, three and a half for four, total of 50 and a half. How do you see Baltimore or Las Vegas? Yeah, I was going to be off this game, Matt, but with all these injuries and now with Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith is already out, so you got a little bit of a cluster effect in the secondary there for the Ravens. Of course, all the running backs have been hurt. Uh, I played a little Vegas plus four. Um, and what I'm, you know, I, I know the Raiders have lost a little bit on the offensive line. What I'm really intrigued, all these additions on defense. Defense uh, and some of these guys have been veteran players. We'll see how much they got left, but how much that improves that defense because they obviously need to improve the defense. So a little bit on the on the Raiders here. I did take. Uh, and the last thing I'll say here: Monday Night Road favorites in Week One are seven and seventeen against the spread, including three and sixteen against the spread as favorites of less than six points. Don't know what that means, but for some reason, you know, Week One everyone's fired up. Home teams are doing pretty mm-hmm. well uh, against road favorites. JVT, this looks like uh, one of the ultimate home dog scenarios where the crowd in Vegas should be off the hook on Monday night. Yeah, and I, I thought the Raiders were going to be pretty live before all the yeah. injuries hit for, for the Baltimore Ravens. So uh, with that, you know, I, I took four with Baltimore, with the Raiders. And the other thing, the intriguing part about this is when you look at Baltimore, the cluster injuries in the secondary, because Jimmy Smith is a great note. Like, he, he did return to practice, but it looks like he's still not going to be available or they're going to rush him back because Peters uh, is injured. But the problem is this is a, a Ravens team who's going to blitz about 44% of the time. They've done it each of the last two years. Derek Carr has quietly been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL against the Blitz. It's going to play right into what John Gruden and this team wants to do. I just think with the injuries, the matchup with the Raiders, what they do offensively, and that back end's got to hold up if you're going to blitz a lot. And when you're missing two corners, it's not going to be the case. So, yeah, I think the Raiders are alive. Brent Musburger likes the Raiders on Monday night. He's unbiased, so I think, yeah. Voice of the Raiders likes the Raiders. He admits he's biased, but he does like it. I like the Raiders Monday night, too. I went ahead and took the uh, four. Should have grabbed the four and a half when it was yeah. out there. And then the the, the injury uh, reports this week, obviously the line was going to uh, head towards the Raiders' direction, and it did. Don't forget about betting and uh, beers with Brent tonight here at the South Point. The Grandview Lounge, 6 p.m. here at the South Point. You want to stop by, see Brent Musburger, Jimmy Vaccaro, Chris Andrews, Vinny Mayuo. The whole crowd's going to be down there to preview the NFL season here at the South Point again, 6 p.m. Betting and beers with Brent. Uh, we'll get Scott Kellen's best bets for NFL Week 1. Recap those right after the break. So stay tuned here on My Guys in the Desert v the Sports Betting Network.
Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. (laughs) 